Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Hipster Podcast. This is your host, the Crypto Hipster, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you founders, entrepreneurs, executives, thought leaders, artists, musicians, you name it, all over the world in crypto and blockchain. And today, actually today and the summer season, I am bringing to you a new compilation episode. Last year, from seasons one, two, and three, I brought you the Crypto Hipsters Chronicles. And now, from season four and five, without further ado, I bring you the Crypto Hipsters Mysticals. And what that is, and what it was last year, and what it is this year, it's a compilation. It's a compilation of three or four podcasts together as like a montage. And on a certain topic or area of interest in crypto and blockchain, pulling from my podcasts. And now, as we're heading into the summer of 2023, I bring to you the Crypto Hipsters Mysticals. And there's going to be 22 or 23 or 24 around their episodes. And I look forward to you looking forward to it. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for, for enjoying my podcasts. And this is going to be a summer treat for everybody. So please sit back, enjoy, and uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Welcome to episode two of the Crypto Hipsters Mysticals. In this episode, I draw upon three Crypto Hipsters podcasts from season four and season five. First is Pixie Paula DeZuti, who is the modern empowered woman and technology leader. She, she is the CEO of numerous companies, including Charleston, South Carolina's first women's magazine, Skirt, and also Striped Pig Distillery and Local Choice Spirits. Second, we have Bernard Blaha, who is the CEO of the People's SCE out of Luxembourg. And third is Barry Mezzi, who is the CEO and founder of Mezzi Holdings DBA. Enjoy. Should have running these companies in addition to, you know, being a business owner and an entrepreneur, you are also heavily involved with faith, with faith, faith in the community. And I want to find out how you marry this intangible technology right with the a practicing faith and how you bring those two together in your life you know it's so it's really funny that you would ask that because if you look at the definition of spirits i say we're not creating spirits we're creating inspiration and i will be honest with you when i got asked to come and consult in this business and i and i came kicking and screaming because i couldn't reconcile it in my own head i'm like oh yeah i i told you i put ice in my red wine i am not the person to disrupt the alcohol industry but i had a dream and i know it sounds really bizarre but i had a dream and in the dream it was revealed to me that i could make a significant change in the industry and that i create a program called pour it forward, which we now call sip and share and give $2 a bottle back for any of the products that purchase in conjunction with an education program, a community event, a nonprofit event that I would be leveraging and supporting the bar. 
And if you think about it, all of the nonprofits typically have one annual gala that's the sole source or the majority source of their fundraising mechanisms. And they they ask anybody to pay $250 to put on a black tie and a beautiful dress and come to this event where they have music and dancing. And what do you do? You get out of the car and you go to the bar. And in the name of charity, you meet with all your friends, you have lots of cocktails. If there was no bar there, you would fall apart, right? But no one is leveraging the bar. And I said, if we could create an ongoing fundraising mechanism that that bar was generated outside of these four walls all year long, and in the, you create, you exchange brand loyalty for that $2 per bottle, then with celebration, we could create prosperity. We could give new meaning to let's drink responsibly instead of it meaning, oh, let's not get behind the wheel of a car while we're totally smashed drunk and kill somebody. Yes, that's a given. But if you're really drinking responsibly, you're letting your voice count, especially in something that's potentially a vice industry. You know, I I don't want to go too much into the vices because you can't control what people do. But as we talked earlier on this call, not even the government could get people to stop drinking. So that exists all in of itself. I'm not going to do anything about the consumption issues. However, in the middle of that, and that's where my faith comes, Jesus had to dance with the, uh, dine with the taxpayers and sinners, right, is a, is a saying that's pretty re- renowned and well accepted for why. Because you have to leave your own neighborhood, you have to leave your backyard, and you're not doing any good unless you're educating the all. And so I'm having conversations about Holy Spirits, and we have a we literally have a priest, a monk, and a rabbi that bless our spirits. And I pray. I don't have to say I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying over these spirits, and as they move out, Reverend Masaru Emoto proved that through the power and intention of prayer, you can turn dirty water into clean water. That is well-documented science, and you can see his crystallization in action in the concourse of the Atlanta airport. If you look up Masaru Emoto's studies, we have he proved And it's been proven over and over again that the power and tension of prayer can transform a body of water. So what are our spirits, our beverages, our wine? 90% water. You start with the water. In fact, the marketing with all these brands is, oh, it's the limestone water from the mountains, or it's the melted water from the glaciers, or it's the Polish water that's trickling over the limestone down on a train and across a swan lake. It's all about the water. Okay, great. I'm like, then let's create holy water. I know it's corny, but that's what I'm doing. Because otherwise, why did I get put here? But I'm going to let, I want to tell you one more thing that I had to reconcile this with. If you think about what some, there's a book, right? The greatest story ever told. It's about the life of Jesus Christ. Regardless of your faith or your affiliation, inarguably, the story of Jesus Christ has lasted on the planet for over 2,000 years. Okay. I'm not going to argue that fact. It's fact. Now, in fact, our whole BCAD, our whole time system is constructed over BC, right? AD, before Christ, on your dominion, after Christ. All right, great. That's a proven. Well, what if in the birth of Jesus Christ, it was a reality show series? Let's liken it to a reality show series of today. Then you've got this omniscient producer, I'm going to call him God, this example, who hires an executive producer, I'm going to call her Mary in this example, and says, okay, we want a show that's going to last more than a pilot. It's got to last 2,000 years. We need to get thousands of seasons out of this. 
we got to come up with a storyline that for this big reveal, it's going to be amazing. Everybody's going to be talking about it. Longest running reality series ever. And they get their heads together and they come up with an idea. And uh, executive producer Mary says, I know uh, we'll have a virgin birth. We'll bring we'll we'll have a virgin birth. We'll bring the reality of this character. His name will be Jesus. And we'll have his big reveal, the big reveal of Jesus on the planet. Okay, was it parting the Red Sea? No. Was it restoring sight to the blind? No. Was it raising Lazarus from the dead? No. What was the big reveal? that this entire executive team came up with for introducing this character who is going to survive as the greatest test pilot of all reality series of all time. Uh, Jesus, virgin birth. And what did he do? What was his very first miracle? Turning water into wine of the Feast of Canaan. And so I look at that and I say, oh my gosh, there could have been anything that was selected, but that's the first recorded miracle, right? Now, am I going to argue with an omniscient God to say, yeah, that shouldn't have been the reveal. You should have had Jesus do one of those other things first. No, that's what started the miracle and the conversation and the buzz about the life of Jesus. So if that was craftedly picking, picked from God, the Almighty Father, the fact that I would then in a dream, be instructed that I want to use your mouthpiece, Miss Pixie Bala, in the middle of our challenged world to have conversations about miracles and magic and togetherness, then I'm not going to do that in anything less powerful than in the middle of these, these potential vice industries, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that's where I'm sharing my story. That's my pulpit. So let's talk about financial inclusivity, right? Um, the one for one is definitely financial inclusivity. Why is financial inclusivity important? And why is old world, I call it old world finance, you might call it Wall Street. Why are they running scared from it instead of embracing it? Uh, may, maybe if you allow, I can answer that with, with kind of a story that happened just a couple of days ago. So as I mentioned before, I do live in Luxembourg, which is very much a first world country. It has a lot of big banks here, a lot of funds here. And of course, I do have a bank account in Luxembourg. And just recently, I sent some euro funds, like a SEPA transaction to Kraken, which is a very big exchange. And everybody knows about it. Everybody knows they're regulated, right? And a day later, my bank called me and told me, hey, you, you can't do that. You cannot send funds to Kraken. And I asked them why. And they told me, because Kraken is a crypto provider. That was the wording they used. And actually, at this point, I'm just going to call them out. That was ING Luxembourg that did that. And uh, I, I asked them, why can I not send my funds, my money to a crypto provider? Which, by the way, is a legal term that, to my knowledge, does not even exist. It's not really a defined term. They said, well, we have decided as a bank, collectively with all other banks in Luxembourg, that we don't want to allow that. Or no, actually, they said that we don't want to allow cryptocurrency transactions. And I told them, OK, that's all well and nice, but I did not do a cryptocurrency transaction. In fact, what I did is I sent euros to Kraken, and they are still there as euros. So I never, these funds never touched crypto. So what's the problem here? And they said, no, it's a crypto provider. And so I asked them, OK, so what makes you, do, what's your definition of a crypto provider? 
And they wouldn't tell me. So I asked them if they could send me an exhaustive list of crypto providers, because if they don't have definitions for it, then I should at least know what institutions I'm not supposed to interact with, right? And they wouldn't do that either. So I asked them, okay, what's the problem now? Because I know for a fact that Revolut and N26, so the challenger banks, are essentially allowing people to interact with cryptocurrencies. And not just that, I can actually buy cryptocurrencies on their platform and I can sell them again. So by what you're telling me, you would actually have to prevent me from sending funds there. However, I'm pretty sure that you're not just going to prevent me from sending funds to these big banks. So what's the problem here? And they wouldn't tell me. They wouldn't give me any kind of arguments or reasoning or whatever. And uh, I mean, that on, on the one hand, that, that just confirms your question there. They're running away from it. They're scared of it. On the other hand, it also shows the big problem with traditional finance, right? Because they can decide what I can do with the money that I own, that I work for, hard for. And that is, uh, that is one part of financial inclusivity, right? If I earn my money, if I have my assets, then I should be able to decide what is happening with them. And that, and that has to be noted, is in a first world country with a very solid bank system. And now let's consider the same situation in a country that has, let's say, a, a less developed banking system, a less developed financial system, or maybe not just a less developed financial system, but also registers where corruption is quite, quite uh, present. And then people suddenly don't are not just prevented from using their assets in the way that they want to use it, they are actually not allowed to access them at all anymore. It's being stolen from them. Maybe you have a land reg register in another country and somebody comes to your door in the morning and says, hey, this is my house now. You tell them, no, that's in the land register. And maybe they just paid somebody off at the land reg register and suddenly it's not your apartment anymore and things like that. So it's not just financial inclusion that we're solving here. It's general trust that we're bringing here. It's, it's, it's like... Uh, making sure that things work the way they are supposed to work, like ruling out corruption, allowing people to actually control their assets, control their funds. And yeah, that is not, not just what we as a company are working on, but what the entire industry is working on. And my, my example here is just one that happened like two or three days ago. It's probably the smallest example of the many that you have out there. And this is why financial inclusivity is important. And on the other hand, just the outlook that this might happen that this control is taken away from the traditional finance system and traditional banking system, this is why they're running scared, scared from it instead of embracing it, in my opinion. Let's talk about Coin 2.0 then. You know, um, yeah, so, and what makes it unique. So Coin 2.0 is the world's first mental health and autism-based charity and advocacy token. It's formed under my Florida nonprofit small charitable organization, the Barry Mezzi Foundation for Autism Incorporated, um, as um, as um, as an affiliate. Um, the token produces finances and um, um, and pays our content creators in our in our token to make content and give people a job opportunity with autism and or mental health disorders to create their own um, TV show or their own docu-series or their own documentary for um, for uh, residual income for life off the advertising on top of which they, they get 70% of the advertising, the foundation gets 30%, and then through the Roku channel, and then 
they also get um, they also get paid in cut and tokens as a content creator and a certain amount of tokens to be able to um, uh, live a comfortable life and, and and cover the expenses for their for their show or their content. So we're we're doing a wonderful thing. We also are focused on providing housing, meals, as well as counseling services and a bunch of other advocacy services we're coming up with. We're also, I'd hate to bring this up at this point due to FTX, but we, we, we were focused on, on trying to get athletes involved in sports sponsorships that are in handicapped sports, but we're not doing that at this point because of the whole FTX scandal. I'm staying away from anything to do with any athletes right now. You know, even though I have a solid reputation and, 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 and I have a great reputation in, in, in that arena, it's like, you know, and we and, and and by the way, our token has to abide by strict uh, regulations as a charity, so you don't have to worry about any sort of like um, scamming or rug pulling with us. It's like we're 100% transparent. Everything comes out in our annual filings and our in our revenues, our earnings, our our expenses. Everything is filed with the IRS and with the state of Florida. So. There's full transparency with us. It's not like because we're a nonprofit charitable organization, we have to be fully transparent. Otherwise, we lose our charity. So you know, there's no hokey pokey with us. And 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 this is my baby. It's something that I deeply care about. I've invested over thirty thousand dollars worth of my own personal money into this token to be able to get it off the ground and the charity get it off the ground roughly. So thirty thousand dollars roughly selling high-end sports cards and memorabilia I have in my collection through my family trust that I um that I sold to be able to finance this thing to follow in my mother's footsteps who actually created a program for me when I was nine or ten years old at the JCC before George H.W. Bush signed the American Disabilities Effect into a uh, uh, disabilities act into effect so basically this was 1990 we founded one of the very one of the very first um programs of its kind for people with special needs in in the united states um because uh, there weren't there were hardly hardly any programs around um george hw bush signed the american disabilities act into effect in 1992 and um and we found, and my mother founded this program in 1990 for me as somebody with special needs. And um, it was it's called the Shirley and Chester's Paul Special Needs Program at the Alper JCC in Miami. It's named after my grandparents in honor of them as being the core backers for years. And um, but that's this is where I came up with the whole idea to follow in my mother's footsteps to help people with special needs because my mother has a very kind heart for helping people. And, you know, she's a little bit fed up with me being 42 years old and, you know, and, 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 and still trying to cut it, but I've finally accomplished something that's beat out Bitcoin and Ethereum right now, as of right now, as, as, as if we're taking the market. So um, I wouldn't say overtaking market, but, you know, as, as beating them out in terms of, um, you know, according to Coin Codex, um, with everything. So, um, 
I'm really excited about what we have going on. We're a utility token. We're not a security. We're not a um, a stable coin because um, we operate within our own ecosystem. And you know that's that's what we're doing, we're providing services and advocacy as well as job opportunities for those and with autism and mental health issues. So I'm very excited.